Psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. Oh, Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you have made me listen, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, look, I have come. As is written about me in the scriptures, I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. I have told all your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out as you, O Lord, well know. I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I've talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I've told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies for me. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me. For trouble surround me, too many to count. My sins piled up so high I can't see my way out. They outnumber the hairs on my head. I've lost all courage. Please, Lord, rescue me. Come quickly, Lord, and help me. May those who try to destroy me be humiliated and put to shame. May those who take delight in my trouble be turned back in disgrace. Let them be horrified by their shame. For they have said, aha, we've got him now. But may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, The Lord is great! As for me, since I am poor and needy, let the Lord keep me in his thoughts. You are my helper, my savior. Oh my God, do not delay. The word of the Lord. What do you think? You like this one? A new favorite this week? <laughs> I hope uh, you've been digging into the Psalms. Our, our kind of homework through this season of Psalm is to begin and end each day in the Psalms. And uh, today is, is Psalm 40. It's really a, a, a journey psalm. Uh, it, it's, it's a little bit hard to follow. It seems to kind of go back and forth, and, and it doesn't fit in any, any kind of normal categories. Even uh, the last few verses of this psalm, verses 13 through 17, make up all of Psalm 70. So if you fast forward to Psalm 70, it's exactly verses 13 through 17 of this psalm. So there's psalms within psalms within psalms today. But like I said, I, I think the psalmist gives us uh, takes us on this journey or, or at least shares with us seasons of life. Uh, today I've brought some chairs to, up here on stage to kind of help talk about some of the seasons of Psalm 40. It begins in the past. Uh, do you have any Princess Bride fans 
You guys know what the Princess Bride is? I will one day do a wedding in the sound of the, in the, marriage is what brings us together. Like, I'm going to do a wedding in that. Like, I'm going to. I'm doing a wedding this weekend. I'm going to talk to them. Um, uh, in the Princess Bride, this, this classic movie, if you haven't shared this with your kids, man, where, where, what kind of parent are you? Come on. Um, we recently showed this to Harper, and she's seen it three times the last week. Like, she can't get enough. But in the Princess Bride... There is the pit of despair. Do you guys remember this? Like, it's the place of torture and death, and that is where the psalmist begins. He says, I was in the pit of despair. He uses this superlative to draw extra, to, to kind of intensify it. He says, I was in the muddy mud, I was in the mud and the mire. What's the worst it has ever been? Can you remember? You remember the day your boss came in and laid you off? You remember the day your friend or loved one lost their battle to cancer? Remember that time you were lied to or cheated on? A time when you were sick or when you hurt someone else? Have you ever been betrayed by a family member? Or have you ever had to show up at the jail to bail someone out? Have you ever had that feeling of like, like something happened so, so, so like difficult and challenging and and, and hurtful and agonizing that, that it, it, it's like your, your stomach drops out. Have you ever felt this? Like your, your stomach just goes away and, and it almost makes you just, uh, I know this is a gross analogy, but it's, it's where the psalmist begins. If you just, you don't know what to do and you just, you kind of are just frozen and you just kind of want to throw up. Have you, have you, has it ever been that bad? You know what I'm talking about. That's where the psalmist begins. That's the pit of despair. Maybe you've lost someone you've loved. Can you remember a time more difficult than, than any previously placed? A, a place of despair and anguish and hopelessness. Because that's where the psalmist starts. And it says in the very first verse, in the first part of the first verse, go ahead and put that on the screen. I was in the pit of despair. I was in the mud and the mire. I was in the, the worst situation ever. And he begins and he says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And, and this, is the, this is figurative language uh, translated from the, from the original Hebrew. It, it makes it sound way too nice. Like, I, I just... I comfortably waited for the Lord to help me. But that's not, that's not the emphasis. Literally in the Hebrew, it says, I waited, waited. It's the waiting for the doctor's office to call with the news. 
It's not a passive kind of waiting. Like, well, there was some stuff happening. We were just kind of waiting to see. No, it's, it's a very intense kind of waiting. The lean-in kind of waiting that, uh, that, uh, that has you on the edge of your seat. Have you been in the kind of waiting that, that like you're looking for any sign, any signal that, that something is about to change, that, that some sort of relief is about to come? That's waited, waited. And if this psalm has a season, the very first season is, I'm waiting. I waited, waited. Not twiddling your thumbs, but, but waiting with expectation, watching every, every expression and gesture. There, there's kind of a docile kind of waiting, but there's also a busy kind of waiting. And this is the busiest kind of waiting. It's in the most hurtful place you could imagine. I, and I was waiting, I was begging, I was praying, I was pleading for anything, for any relief, for any hint that this season that I was in is, is, is going to come to an end. It's going to change. And if you looked a little bit further into this first and second verse, it says, I waited, waited for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and heard my cry. Literally, it says he bent his ear to me like, like he pulled himself down to me. He bent down with riveted attention like, like a mother responding to a child. He says, he, he turned to me and heard my cry. And look what it says. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. So we go from this incredibly painful, hurtful waiting place to now the Lord has heard my cry and he's lifted me out. We've gone from waiting to deliverance and, and it results in, it takes us to a whole new season. In verses three through five, I want you to see like, like what's happened now that we've been lifted out of this pit of despair. It's that everything has changed where there was no gut left in me. There was no breath left in me. Look, now look what it says. He's given me a new song to sing. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their, what's the word? Trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys who trust the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. Oh, Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. And if I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. It's amazing how these seasons have changed already, right? From the worst of the worst, the, the most painful place you could possibly imagine, to now God has responded and heard your cry and he's lifted you out of the pit of despair and now you have a new, where you didn't even have bread, now your lungs are filled with a new song and people are looking at your life, looking at the transition from this place to this place and they're amazed. And because they see where you've come from, others will begin to trust in God. They're witnesses to what's happened, and they move in trust 
And so now you, you've moved from this dark place to this new song, this trusting place. Now what do you do? You've, you've been brought from there to there. How in the world are we supposed to respond? And, and what I love is like in this next few verses, like out of this new song, out of this amazement, out of the trust, the psalmist comes to a startling realization. Look what he says in verses six through eight. Like, like he comes to realize, like how am I supposed to respond to all this? Like he, he comes to this incredible realization in the Old Testament. He says, you take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now you've made me listen, I, I I get it. I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, look, I have come, as is written about me in the scriptures. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. Like, this is Old Testament stuff, guys. Like, sacrifice, like... Like going to the temple and making your sacrifice, this is how you express your thankfulness in the Old Testament. You get this? Like like this is how you receive forgiveness. This is how you express your praise to God. You go to the temple, like like, um, making your sacrifice is exactly how you do this. And yet the psalmist says, like this this ritual of thanksgiving is, is being rejected. And so if that's not how we thank Yahweh, if that's not how we respond to God through sacrifices, like what is, it that he, what is it exactly that he wants? How can we please and thank him? How are we to respond? And I love that the psalmist says, now that you've made me listen, finally I understand. Like, like you got my attention. So Yahweh doesn't want the the kind of worship that goes on in the temple. He isn't interested in in, in the blood of animals. He wants something infinitely more valuable. He wants, this this is what he finally understands. The psalmist gets it. He wants our whole self, heart and will, given obediently and completely to him. And this offering of ourself is, is not something we do out of duty, but this is so important. It's something that we do out of joy. We joyfully respond by giving ourselves because of this. And so the psalmist says, look, I finally get it. And he quotes scripture. And he says, look, I have come. What, he, what he's saying is what Isaiah says. You guys remember this, this great words of Isaiah. Isaiah says, here am I. Send me. The psalmist says, look, look. I have come. It's, it's a way the psalmist, psalmist brings himself, a, a person whose desire is to do what pleases his God and in whose inmost part is the Lord's instruction. The, the psalmist doesn't present offerings to sacrifice. He presents himself. Do you see that? His response is to give all of himself, as, to give himself as a person who wants what the Lord wants. 
And finally, verses 9 and 10. These are my favorite. Look. Look. Look, I have come. I've come, I've come to do what you want. I've come to do your will. Your words are written in my heart. And I'm not doing it out of some misguided sense of duty. I'm doing it because I love you. And, and like it is a joy for me to do the things that you want, to love the things that you want. And then so, so what is it that God wants? Look what he says. Look what he does. He says, I've told all your people about your justice. I've not been afraid to speak out, as you, O Lord, well know. I've not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I've talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I've told, what's that word? I've told everyone. Everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. When I read this verse, um, there was a song, we shared it with some of our teenagers a couple of weeks ago. Um, there's an artist named Lecrae. Do you guys know Lecrae? Let me show you, show you a video that, that made me, reminded me of these verses. Watch this. So what do you think? Like uh, if you, uh, maybe I'm going to go ahead and say, even if you don't have teenagers, you need to go uh, get on YouTube, maybe get on iTunes and download some Lecrae. Because there is a part of Lecrae's story I don't know if you know. Because Lecrae, as a child, for years, was molested by a family member. He knows this season better than anyone. He even sings about it in some of his songs. And yet, I don't know if you saw the, like, heard some of the message. I mean, you could listen to that a bunch of times. But he says some incredibly powerful things. He says, look, I have, I, I have come. Here I am. Send me. And now here he is. He says, I'm a billboard. Because that used to be me. That used to be my life. That used to be all that I know. But now I can tell everyone about the love of God. The old me is in the rear view. The new me, I've got a clear view. I love what Lecrae does. He embraces exactly what, like this whole idea of what the psalmist says. I've told all your people about your justice. I, have, I haven't been afraid to speak out. As you, O oh Lord, well know, I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. Do you see that even in the Psalms is this, this deep sense of, of proclamation of what God has done and who he is. It, we're, not, we're, not, we're not waiting for the New Testament to tell people the good news. Look, the psalmist right here is saying, this is the good news of God. Look at my life. I have, I have a testimony of it. And, and we can't be afraid to keep it locked, in our, it locked in our heart. And like we should read these words and go, have I told everyone? Have I told everyone? I love one of my, one of my friends has has in his Bible, written in the margins, are, are like, like you open his Bible and you turn from page to page, and in every page there are names written, and it's all the people that he has shared Christ with and all the people that he's been praying for throughout the years. And I was so convicted by this verse. Like, 
to, to share the good news, to, to share the, the salvation of God that is clear even in the Psalms, even in the Old Testament. The psalmist does what those who have experienced this whole, like all of these seasons, who, the psalmist does what those who have experienced salvation in God are supposed to do. That's proclaim the wonders of God so that they might believe. You remember what happened in this place? People saw what happened from, from here to here. People, it says people saw and they were amazed and they came to trust in God. I wish the psalm ended at verse 10. <laughs> I, I've got to take a detour and I want to come back to verse 10, but we get here, and it's like, man, I'm so glad we finally got here. But there, there's more to this, and there's, there's a special depth to this psalm that, that everyone who is a believer, everyone who is a Christian needs to know. And, and I don't want to read the whole thing again, but if you look at these last couple of verses, and like I told you, verses 13 through 17, they make all of Psalm 70 by themselves. But, but there is something deep and truthful and incredibly real about what happens in these next few verses. In the next few verses, the psalmist says, Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me. And then he says, for trouble surround me. He says, there, there are too many to count. I'm, I'm surrounded by by enemies who want to destroy and humiliate me and put me to shame and 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 my sins pile up so high I can't I can't even see my way out. They outnumber the hairs of my head. I've lost all courage. And what you see, I think that's happening. Like, how does that? What? We were just here. And I, and I think there's, su there's such an important message for us is that, man, like even in this world, even in this space, sometimes the seasons come back. Because the last half of Psalm 40, where is he? My sins pile up so high I can't even see. Enemies are surrounding me, waiting to kill me. He falls back into this space. Like, like, here he is again in this, this pit of despair. Maybe some of you have experienced that. We want to stand up and say, I've been so noble and so faithful. I've been, it's been so awesome and I've never tripped up. I've never fallen back into sin again. That's maybe a little unrealistic. Maybe we should ask some of uh, some of you. Some of you have got a, a few more um, sunrises and sunsets than I have. Um, how do I how do I put this? Have you seen the 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 pit of despair come more than once? 
Does it seem to come sometimes when least expected? Have you had that experience of, man, everything is going great and everything is going perfect, and then something happened and the bottom dropped out again? The, the best I can make out of this, and this is, this is Adam's best shot. I, th- I think there's a lot here, but, but Adam's best shot is, man, I, I think there are situations requiring us to wait on God always return. I know that's a difficult place. Oh, it's an impossible place. Sometimes with, with, with startling suddenness, sometimes completely unexpected, it seems like tough times always return. And, and maybe as believers, uh, maybe as followers of Christ, we shouldn't expect every day to be the easiest and most capable, but we should at least have some awareness that, hey, dark stuff is going to happen And every time it does, it's an opportunity for us to trust God again, to, to lean on him again, to ask for his provision, to wait on him again. I see lots of people in the Bible waiting on God, waiting in difficult Places waiting sometimes, even when they don't understand why they're waiting. And I, I don't know if I'd go so far as say God makes horrible things happen to us so that we would trust Him more. But I think God can use those situations to draw us out again. He can use those situations, those difficult times of our life, to to or at least there's opportunity in those difficult times of our lives to proclaim again the goodness. Of God, I love that. Um, kind of, kind of in this place at the end of the psalm, he says, "My my sins outnumber me; they're too many to even count." Well, if you remember in the trust part, it says, "Your wonders exceed anything I've ever seen." If I tried to recite all your good deeds and your plans for me, I'd never be able to recite them. I'd never be able to count them. Do you see this this dichotomy? Like, like which is it? Are your troubles too many to count or are the wonders of God too many to count? I, th- I think the troubles that lo- of life are at war with the wonders of God. And if there's one maybe tangible thing for you to take, I, I think in this seat, in this trust me seat, in this new song seat, in this amazement seat, uh, I, I want to challenge you and encourage you to, um, uh, it says, I, I would never be able to recite all the wonders of God, but it, I, I think you should try anyway. Right? And, and, and I don't just mean at Thanksgiving around the table. If your troubles are at war with the wonders of God, then we need to actively list and share all that God has done for us. Can I share with you a a wonder of God? 
So I have a friend, he sat in this chair a long time. He struggled with a, uh, he, was, he was in a horrible car accident as a teenager, and it's left him with some lifelong uh, health issues, significant ones, big time. And man, he, is, he has been in this chair a long time. He called me last week, and um, we kind of grew up in the same faith stream together. He called me, and he said, I went to this special service, and there were some people, and they laid some hands on me, and they prayed for me, and he said, I'm healed. And I said, okay. And he said, and I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I'm a believer, but that's never really been a part of my whole faith experience. And I said, okay. And now here we are in this place again of trusting God and being amazed at what he can do and how he can move and how he can respond. My friend's finding his voice again, looking for opportunities to say, okay, God, use this thing that you've done in me, this thing you've done in my life. I don't, I'm in awe of it. How can you use me? Look, look, uh, look, I've come and he's going to have opportunities to share with others, to be a billboard. So I picked Psalm 40 uh, for today because this week I turned 40. Somebody was really nice to me last week and said, man, you're, you're turning 30 this week. And I said, yes. So, well, I mean, uh, I turned 39 again. Is that, where, is that where the line is? So I turned 40, and I said, man, let's do Psalm 40 for my, for my 40th birthday. And I didn't know what I was getting into. But I think there's, I think there's so much wisdom here, not just for, for someone who has seen 40 laps around the sun. I think there's, I think there's wisdom here for all of us. Um. Here's what I can, I, I, I can guess. I can guess that today, right now, you're in one of these four chairs. Today, right now, I can guess that this is one of, this is, these are seasons that you're in. And I want to encourage you, it doesn't matter what season you're in, it's temporary. The season may seem like uh, whatever, whenever you're in this season, it always feels like forever. Right? I'll remind you that it's temporary. That God has not somehow like lost track of you. And even if you're waiting, I ask that he would bend his ear to you. That he would respond to your cry. And I can't explain his timing. We don't get to know. I pray that you would come to trust him and know him, and that when others see God respond to you, that they would be amazed, and they, they would come to trust him too, and, and you would move to this place of response, of, of offering yourself, not, not something else, but, and, and not a, out of some, because I grew up in the church, and I always have to, but out of a deep sense of what God has done for you, I want you to be filled with a joyfulness of response, of giving your life to him, giving your life in ways that, that matter and are meaningful and that you would be 
a billboard. Who was the last person you told about Jesus and his love? When was the last time you proclaimed his goodness outside of these walls? Uh, if anything today, in, in all of my age, in all of my 40 years, the thing that I've come to that is the most important is that we proclaim the goodness of God to each and every person we meet. To every one. In just a minute, we're going to enter into a time of communion. And uh, if this is a space, man, maybe God's moving in your heart. There's, you're in a waiting place and we can pray for you. We want that opportunity Maybe you're struggling with trusting or giving more of yourself or, or don't know how to begin a conversation to share with others. Then, man, we'd love the chance to talk with you, to pray with you. Maybe this morning you're ready to give your whole self in baptism to God. We have everything you need to, to do that today, to proclaim that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and accept his gift of forgiveness and life and start to live into that. Man, we, we want to see that happen. We see that happen here, and, and we think that's so, so important. So if you're ready to get baptized and commit yourself to him, this is the place. This is the hour. Don't delay. I invite you uh, in just a minute. I'll say a prayer and send you to a time of communion, and all the elements are there. I invite you to search yourself Consider what season you're in and, and move, be always moving to a season of proclamation because God is good and worth it. Let's say a prayer together. Father God, I love you. I thank you so much for your word, for this, this psalm and for the 40 years I've had, Father God, I'm so convicted by this psalm. I've seen these seasons in my own life and although each of these seasons has changed, Father God, you have stayed the same. Your unfailing love and, and mercy and awareness of, of, of me and my needs, God, has never, has never faltered. And so, God, this morning we proclaim you. We proclaim your goodness. You have made a way for us to be forgiven. You have made a way for us to, to not have to live in the dark places. But, Father, God, through your Son, Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice, we may experience life and forgiveness and purpose and God, help each of us to live into that and move into that today. Father God, in whatever season we're in, we trust you. Help us to trust you. We love you, Father. And in your son Jesus' name, everyone together says, amen. I dismiss you to a time of communion together.